Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make the first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years or older, restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 203 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Midday, or midday, midweek, hump day Wednesday, almost there. Well, hopefully we'll get you through the day here if you're, if you're tuning in on your at your work day or on your commute. Hopefully you can brighten your, bright, I can brighten your day a little bit. Or, or uh, you know, block out the misery for 45 minutes. Um, yeah, guys, how you guys doing? Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, yeah, I mean, you're getting a, you're getting an old dose of Darren again here at uh, as I'm recording here nine o'clock on Tuesday night. Um, I had a guest no show, and uh, yeah, I guess he had other things to do. Um, you know, whatever. A text would have been nice, but whatever. I'll sure I'll get it tomorrow morning. Sorry, bro. We'll record Saturday. You know, nah, no, we won't. So clearly, it wasn't that important to you. I, you know, it's uh, yeah, and uh, you know, Alec has talked about it. Joe's talked about. It, I've talked about it at nauseum on this show, and I, but I still get it every once in a while from from listeners. Uh, why don't you do interviews anymore? Or don't you interview players anymore? And those were good, and I really enjoyed your interviews, and that's cool. I'm glad you did, and I enjoyed doing those interviews. And there's been a lot of players, again, that I've made friends with after the show and, and all that. Um, I'm putting feelers out. Um, I have to do some research on some guys. That's on me. But you know, I have to find time for that, too. But I have to do some research because I want to be prepared when I talk to these guys. Um, I don't want to just... I mean, that's always the thing, guys. I mean, I could slap an interview together. It's easy enough. Just open up Hockey DB, like, you know, I know some shows do, and then they just list, rattle off a couple teams that they played on, and oh, yeah, yeah, and then everything's done in 45 minutes, and all good, thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, I don't know, is that, I don't want to do that type of show, um, you know, I don't, and I don't think you guys want to listen to that, and long-term listener, long-time listeners to this show, I think, have come to a certain level of, of uh, product with my show. 
Um, so I want to be researched. I want to be in the, uh, you know, I want to be prepared. Um, not that I'm, not that if I'm, I'm interviewing anybody that I'm completely clueless on, but I mean, there are things when you look, even if you're a fan of a guy and you know, when you watch a bunch of all his fights and whatever, when you start actually investigating into the career and looking at some of the teams they played on, it's like, oh, he played with that guy or that guy was his coach. Really? You know, especially like minor league guys. So, um, yeah, and I wouldn't have dawned on me otherwise if I hadn't researched. And then that inevitably leads to a good story from them. So I want to be researched. So I want to, it's for your guys' benefit that sometimes I take a long time to do out an interview with someone. Um, at the same time, um, I have put, it's not like I'm just sitting here. Not For a little while after Christmas and before when we were moving, blah, blah, blah. I, I tended, I didn't want to set anything up and I really, and to be honest, I really wasn't in the mood. So I just did kind of fellow fight fans and just solo episodes. Um, but, uh, lately I've been trying to get back into the player interview game and, uh, it, it's tough and it's just guys just aren't getting back to you and, or you, you're trying to set up times with them and, Oh, I'll let you know, man, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And then you never hear from them. And it's, and that's happened numerous times in the last couple of weeks. And it's like, guys, I'm trying. I'm throwing out feelers to dudes. Uh, you know, I send out messages on Facebook, and it's like to guys. And yeah, it. Um, and Alec is going through the same thing, and Joe's going through the same thing. It's just a real drought route now, and I don't know. It's just the way it goes. And then all of a sudden, you'll get like two or three interviews right in a row. Bang, bang, bang. It's weird how it goes. I don't. I don't know. It's just strange. I don't know. I don't get it. So I don't know. Trying, guys. Um, I do have a pretty cool, uh, I, I threw out a couple feelers to guys. Well, I've actually not just feelers. I've talked to them about the season ticket series that I like to do. Um, I've done three now with Jay with the UHL, Anthony with the East Coast League, and then uh, Searson with the UK. Um, these two are with ex-players, and it's about a you know a season in their career. Uh, one is an OHL guy, and another one is an LNAH guy. And... Uh, they they were both really cool on the idea. Um, now at at the same time, it, there's a little bit of research that ha- that they have to do because it's not like they can just you know oh and this guy played and he had 20 goals that year like they don't remember that shit. I mean they'll remember incidents from that year or whatever, but um, or playing against certain guys, but they have to be you know they got to go back and do a little research too, and and they both want to be prepared for the show to give you guys the best content. So I'm really looking forward to recording with those guys. Um, I'm recording with a guy that I've talked to for a long time. He's a fellow fan um, out in Toronto. And uh, and uh, he's got he has a really good idea. It's like, uh, well, I won't. I'm recording it tomorrow. It'll be Sunday's episode. And I've been, I've been meaning to interview this guy forever and ever. And I'm, we're finally doing it. So, um, yeah. So uh, that'll be Sunday. Sunday you won't be listening to me, I promise. Just me. Um, but anyway. Anyway, guys, that's, you know, at the start. I mean, I'm sure you guys don't. Oh, excuse, excuse. You know. But I'm just, like I said, I'm always honest with you guys. Letting you guys uh, know, um, you know, what, what's going on over here at the uh, fourth line offices and everything else. And, um, you know, and I just want to, yeah, it's, it's just been a tough grind lately. And, uh, yeah, it just... Uh, well, like I said, I've, I've talked, you guys know, I've talked about this before and it's just, it just gets tiresome and frustrating and, uh, you know, it takes a lot of fun out of it. And, uh, 
you know, and like I said, here I am, although this wasn't a fan that, or it was a fan that dished me tonight. It wasn't a player, but, um, yeah, whatever. That's the way things are. That's the way things are. But it is a good thing that I have my link saved that, that you guys have been nice enough to send it. A few cats have sent me over the last, you know, year. Oh, you should read this article. Do this top 10. Here's a list. You know, I know Tim's on the edge of a seat. He, I haven't had a list for a couple episodes and I'm, I'm sure he's been, I'm, I'm going to hear about it pretty quick here, but I have a list for you today. I know I've already done. Now this is what, um, Jeremy sent me, uh, Jeremy, I know you're listening. Thank you. Um, he said, I already know you did. It, it was an all time. It was the best enforcer on each NHL team in every each NHL team's history. Um, the toughest guy on each team's franchise history. Um, I've already done that. I'm assuming I've done that. Like I said, that 203 episodes. I forget what the hell I did. I don't, and Alec brought up a good point. I should have done an episode log, like a book and just kept track of the, each episode that I did and the times that I talked about certain things. That way, if I ever had to go, I wish I had done that and I'm not going to do it now, but I, cause I was talking about taking sound bites and making YouTube videos and blah, blah, blah. And I said, the problem is I can go back. Yeah, sure. I can bring up the, Brad Wingfeld interview, but I can't remember at what point in the, I mean, I guess if I'm listening a little bit, I could obviously everything's timeline so I can get an idea of where it will be, but I don't have like time cues and you know, when it's a three hour thing, it's a pain in the, whatever. But if I had written shit down and I should have done that, Alec, that was a good idea. Um, anyway, anybody listening is like, what squirrel who gives a shit anyway, I can't remember what lists I've done and what I haven't done and whatever. But Jeremy tells me, yes, I did something like this already, but not this one. This is a different list. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So he sent me the link. I don't know. I don't, and that's the thing. I never open the links and look because I want to, I want to discover them with you guys as you're listening to the show is when I'm discover, um, you're getting a genuine reaction from me because I've never read the article before until I open it up when I'm recording. So, uh, yeah, we'll do that at the end here. Um, also, actually, before I get into all that, how about we, uh, I got to, obviously, we got to pay some bills here. Um, also, guys, I know I say it all the time, and there's the intro at the start um, with the DraftKings. Honestly, if, I know you probably skip over the ads or whatever, oh, DraftKings, oh, yeah, whatever. If you guys are gambling and, you, and you're, uh, you know, online betting, because that's all you see on TV now are betting stuff and whatever, um, if you actually listen to the ad read that I'm doing, that promo code is actually a really good promo code. If you're just starting with, if you've never done DraftKings before, and it's like you know a buck to get a hundred to win 150 in free bets and stuff, if you use the promo code THPN, uh, honestly look into it. And it, you know, and not only does it help our network out because DraftKings gives us a lot of money. That's how they pay us is through sponsorship money with DraftKings. But at the same time. You, the listeners, have to use the promo code THPN, or else they'll they'll be eventually. Be, why are we giving these money? Why are we giving these guys money? Because no one ever uses the code from there. Um, so, if you guys are here, I am promoting gambling. Right, up. I am promoting gambling. I gamble all the time. So yeah, okay, I'm promoting it. But um, yeah, if you haven't, if you don't have a DraftKings account, um, sign up. And it, it, NHL playoffs are starting here right away. Get in on the action. There, what a what a promo! I say it at the start of the show. I can't remember what the ad read is because I've already whatever. But yeah, check it out. 
THPN, the promo code. But yes, I always say that at the start of the show and whatever, and, but, and I'm sure it gets glazed over at this point and I've got it on the ad, my show graphic and everything else. But yes, at the same time, we do need listeners to use the promo code. So, um, yes. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yes. I remember the hockey podcast network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Um, also for my off network friends, of course, we got, uh, the five for fighting podcast, Alec Old Salem. Uh, he, he moved from, he, he, he packed up the shanty. He's no longer, Florida got a little less Florida and he moved up to North Carolina. So that's where he's sitting right now. So yeah, I'm sure property values are dropping across the state, but he's up there now. And he finally, you know, he, he, you know, tapped into the neighbor's Wi-Fi cause he put an episode out. Oh, and then. What does he hit us with? Who, who's his first guest when he gets to North Carolina? Yeah, John from Vancouver, from the Fight League. I, I, I can't say too much because I've had John on twice on my show. Actually, he's a tremendous guest. But I'm telling you, is it, after going my show to Alex's show, would that be going up or going down? I'm going to say it's that's just like plunging off a cliff. I don't know. He's, he's, he's clinging now to stardom, trying to get his way back. Yeah, they actually they did a great episode. They released it yesterday. Um, or no, today part. Well, it'd be yesterday when you're listening to this. Know your time sign. Um, him and John talk about they basically it's the East Coast League in review, but they just talk about some of the name the big name fighters that were in the league this year. Kind of break down their fights and just talk about each guy. And um, it's it's really cool. And like I said, I don't follow hockey. I don't watch hockey anymore. But Alex, Alex enthusiasm for the East Coast League this year sort of actually got me kind of back in, not that I was watching games, but even just watching the fight clips, cause I don't really do that anymore. Unless it comes across my timeline and somebody's like, oh, you guys, this is a good one. You should see it. I'll watch that, but I don't actively seek shit out. So, um, uh, but I was this time. I was actually going to find, I was going to Alex's page and I was watching the videos he was uploading and, yeah, like Neubauer and Howe and Glotz and those guys, um, tremendous, um, Blackman, stuff like that. It was, uh, yeah, it was, a, you know, now, you know, was it the East Coast League from 1996? Well, no, but for today's day and age, well, you know, you got to get what you, and I, hey, I got to get, like I said, I'll give credit where credit's due. I got to give the kids credit. They came out, they were swinging this year and, um, yeah, uh, it was cool. So yeah, definitely uh, check out that episode as well. As and I always say, I hate to give Alec, you know, credit, but I will. Uh, he does have a tremendous back catalog by Lois Robbery, um, you know, on and on Segroy. So definitely check out his catalog and I'll head over to his YouTube channel. Like I said, Five for Fighting on YouTube. He's got all the East Coast League fights up there uploaded. Um, subscribe to his channel. Like I said, yeah, it's YouTube. You're good. I'm not on there very much. Why would I subscribe? Just try. It, Subscribing it does more for him than it will for you. Put it that way. Um, it helps him out um, in the algorithms and stuff like that. We're trying to get him up to a thousand subscribers so he can monetize his channel. So yeah, if you could, all you have to do is just hit subscribe. That's it. You're going there and you're watching the video. It's it's right on the bottom of the screen. Just click it. Boom. You're done. Never have to do it again. But it helps him out. So yeah, if you could subscribe to his channel, that would be great. And then of course, like I said, the King of New York. I, you know what, folks? It's not even. I can't even call him Broadway Joe Lazito anymore. No, he's moved up in the world, folks. He's he's out of Broadway. He's made the move. He's in Manhattan now. 
He's the man among, in Manhattan. Give it to Lazito. Joe Lazito went from the world's famous arena, Madison Square Garden, to Carnegie Hall. Oh, he's made it to the big time now, a Carnegie. Imagine the Coliseum Chronicle podcast. The acoustics in, in Carnegie Hall would be tremendous for his next episode. But there you go, folks. So I'm going to, well, I already know right now, my none of my listeners are going to Carnegie Hall. MSG had a shot at seeing Joe. But these guys, my I can already tell you, Joe's listeners, forget it. You know, they're not going to Carnegie Hall. My listeners aren't going to Car- Well, my listeners, I think, would probably be a little more sophisticated than Joe's. I'm just saying. I'll give you guys a little bit of credit. But is anybody going to Carnegie Hall? You know, we got to put on our put on our, our penguin suits, get our little monocles. I'd look, man, with my body shape, I'd look like Mr. Peanut. You know, <laughs> But hey, if we, that's how we got to see Joe now. He's 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 bougie like that. Fufu, he's the head bottle washer over at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, could you imagine Mr. Peanut showing up to, to for tickets to the opera and there's a guy working the booth in the back with a Ron Duguay jersey on? Oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, Joe's sitting in the break room right now eating the eating his fish and he just got out of the microwave. Still yelling about the Captain Highliner Islander jerseys and what bullshit that was. Yelling about Mil, the, the the bathroom attendant knows all about Mike Milberry now. You know the old guy that's sitting there just he just wants to hand out a towel and mints. Joe's in the can yelling about Milberry. Uh, yeah, the car the the staff at Carnegie Hall is in for a wake up call. I'm telling you that Joe's going to straighten some shit out there. But in the meantime, if you want to listen to a podcast about the New York Islanders, it's Coliseum Chronicles podcast, the New York Islander Enforcer podcast. Joe's been doing it for a while now. What, he's got 102 episodes, 103 episodes in, in Lazito math. Um, tremendous. Fakoda, Strudwick, Asham. He's in it. Bolton. He's interviewed them all, folks. I know he's got a few irons in the fire. He's been a little, you know, much like myself and Alec, you know, dry spell lately, but he'll come back strong. I have a, I have a feeling it's going to, it's all going to come together here. But yes. That's all. I messed up now. You want to say Broadway Joe or Jolton Joe? I don't even, Man-made, made Manhattan, Lazito. Give it Lazito. Coliseum Chronicles podcast, check it out. Good job, Joe. Good luck up there with the goober smoochers. All right. Well, now that we got the intros and everything out of the way and all that stuff, um, what are we going to talk about today, kids? I, I'll get to the list, Tim. Hold on. Hold on. I got to do a few of these. I, gotta, I just can't just jump right into the list. I got a few things to talk about. Actually, I have a st- I have some stories to share with you. Sit, <clears throat> come gather around, kids. Let me regale you. Um, we've all had that. I I I think I probably ranted on this show before about Subway. Um, I don't know why. I used to go all the time. I would go in the mornings. So the when I looked in the condo, we had a Subway like literally three minutes from our condo. It was a good subway too. They did a good job there. They, I, I say it's a good subway in the fact that they had like a lot of staff working. So it was like even when it was busy, they'd buzz you through, and all the staff knew what they were doing. And uh, hey, they were some fine sandwich artists. I'll give them that. And actually, the shit while the subway was so busy, I was gonna say the at least that's the one thing you knew the product was at least fresh sitting out there because it didn't sit there for very long because they buzzed through it pretty quick. And uh, you know, I, I mean, you never, in any restaurant, I'm sure you don't, you don't want to know what's going on in the back, but nonetheless, up front, they kept good track of it. 
Um, so I like the subway by the condo, I will say. Because I know some people fuck subway. But I will say, I, I do enjoy, for the Canadian folks listening, I'm a Mr. Sub guy. I know Mr. Sub lost the battle to subway. And there isn't too many Mr. Subs left. At least in, in Saskatoon there isn't. Um, there's, I think there's two. But man, they're awesome. I love Mr. Sub. I will say it's far better than Subway. I'm a big Mr. Sub fan. Anyway. <clears throat> in the in the town that I moved out to here, it's like 10 minutes outside of Saskatoon. Um, we have a Subway. And it's not bad. A couple, you know, high school kids kind of work it. There's a couple, you know, 20-somethings that they're all right. When I first moved here, they were kind of bitchy to me. And I was, you know, they had that teenage tone. And, uh, you know, but... They've since come around. I probably go to Subway too much, but you know they're they've been okay lately. But this isn't that's neither here nor there with this with this. But they usually have two of them working, three on the weekends, but usually two are working, so they can kind of buzz you through pretty quick. Not that I'm an impatient dude, I'm not, but you know at the same time you don't want to be standing there you know picking your nose for twenty minutes waiting for a sub, right? So anyway. So I roll out there today to get uh, two subs for my wife and I <clears throat> right after work. So it's like three o'clock. I roll in and uh, of course, as I'm going to the door, there's a lady probably in her forties, same age as I am, give or take, um, basically coming up at the, to the door at the same time. Ah, so, you know, I'm the gentleman, I'm the nice guy. And I, so I know by opening the door for her and letting her go first that she is now going to be ahead of me in line. That's fine. Whatever. Like I said, there's a couple folks working. It'll be all good. No big rush. It's three o'clock. Where am I going? Right. Okay. Open the door for her. Well, this should have been hint number one. I didn't even get a thanks or anything for opening the door. I just sort of got a look like, Oh, all right. Okay. So whatever. She, she goes ahead of me. And, and not even, and I'm not saying she should have, but there wasn't even a hint of maybe her turning around to be like, well, you were actually here first or anything like that or whatever. Nothing. Just immediately into, you know, she's just Terminator locked into what she's ordering. Um, so she goes right up to the counter. Cause you gotta say, I'm like basically right behind her. Um, when we walk in, well, the one girl, I see one girl behind the thing. Like, ah, shit. You know, like, well, I'm like, oh, it is only three o'clock. Maybe they're not off school. You know, whatever. I'm like, ah, shit. But whatever. Um, so, of course, oh, welcome to Subway. What do you, I, right before she even gets out, how many, what would you like today or whatever? This lady's already started. Okay, I need five subs. I'm like, right away. Really? Five subs? Like, at that point, I guess I'm, I'm, this is just me. But if I was in, in that situation, or if I had just walked in and someone was right behind me or what have you, I might, and I knew I was getting five subs and I only saw like one person working or whatever. I think I would maybe turn to the person behind me and be like, are you just getting one or how many are you getting? I would make that. I'd like to think I would anyway. Yeah, I would. Anyway. So she doesn't. Um, and of course, Oh, I need five subs. No, I need three foot longs. I need two. Or no, I need five. No, I need four. And it's, oh, fuck. So at this point, I'm like, oh, now you don't even know what you want. Okay, no. So she decides she wants five foot long subs all on white bread. All right. 
So the girl's putting them out and whatever. She goes, do you want cheese on that? And of course, she's looking on her phone. She, what? Do you want cheese on all that? Well, I need cheese on four of them and on, and I need shredded cheese on one. All right. Well, what kind of cheese do you want on the first four? Oh, what? White. No, hold on. Well, when orange, it's just, and this shit is going on and on and on. And now I'm sort of standing there leaning on the counter, sort of looking at her like, you know, fuck, really? Okay. So, of course, the and they're obviously the subs. I don't know what it is, but you know, maybe it's not. But the, clearly, the like four of these subs were for like little kids or younger chill because it was like mayo with onion and like mustard. You know, that was so. I mean, okay, so a bunch of the subs weren't like literally took her 18 seconds to make, so that was you know speeding up the process a little bit <laughs> anyway. So we're cruising along, and I, but I'm still sort of just like marveling at this ignorance of the lady. But whatever, it's her world. We're just living in it. But but every once in a while she'll throw. Oh, I don't want pepper. Eh, oh, did you put pepper on that? And the girl's like, well, yeah. You said you want. Okay, fine. That'll that'll be fine. Whatever. Okay. Uh, next. Okay, onions and pe- whatever. So the girl will be like, okay, so the, on the, on the turkey, do you want it? On, yeah, onions, cucumber, lettuce, hot pepper. And she's saying it so fat, like the girl's still like opening the tray to get the tomatoes out. It's like, okay, slow down. Like, it's like in, uh, what is it, uh, Billy Madison when he's trying to learn Spanish and the guy keeps, slow down. You know, it was like that. It's like, slow down. So whatever. She, she repeated herself. She had to have repeated herself 30 times with the shit she wanted. So finally we get to the last sub and she goes, okay, well, this one's a little different. I need you to cut it into four, into four parts. And the girl's like, what? And she's like, yeah. But she's like, oh, okay, well, what did you want on it? Well, it's, it's, it's the ham one. Yeah. Okay. So she puts the ham one. Uh, well, I need lettuce on half of it. Uh, alright, so she puts lettuce on half of it. Okay, and I need tomatoes on the half, on the half with no lettuce. Alright, so she's that. Okay, onions on all of it. And then I want green peppers on the, on the lettuce side. Oh, no. And she's looking at her phone and she's scrolling. She's like, hold on. Get, you know what she does? She starts, she's texting whoever the sub order is. I'm like, oh, like. And this whole time, she won't, the lady has not looked at me once. Like, I'm not making any noises or anything, but I'm just sort of sitting there staring at her. Like, if she looks over and looks at my face, she'll, whatever. You know, I'm just, so fine, whatever. She must have got the answer right away. So what, they put the cheese on half. So, oh, you got to cut it into four. Oh, and then could you put it in separate bags? It was just like, oh, fuck. So after she finally gets it all bagged and rung up, now what? Oh, it's how much? Well, how much would six inches then be? Like, oh, so the the girl working at this point is now sort of had enough of this lady. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, if I got these in six inch instead of a, like, how much money am I sa- would I save and... The lady's like, well, it's cheaper to get a foot long. Like, that's kind of the point of, you know, she's, she's trying to do the math. It's like, holy shit, really? Like, like, so what do you think? That you're going to throw out a couple subs and then just make you a couple new ones? And at this point, I'm kind of like, 
she finally kind of glances over at me and I'm just staring at her with the look on my face like, are you for real right now? And she goes, well, fine, I guess that'll do. And the girl working is just like, okay, and just rings it up. And as she's ringing it up, oh, here comes Buddy from the back. Oh, there, you know what he says to her? Oh, I didn't know you had another customer. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so Shrek comes out of the back. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Yeah, no, I've only been standing here 15 minutes. What, what were you doing? You know, playing on your phone or, you know. Yeah, you go, oh, I didn't know you had another customer. And the, and the girl, wor- the other girl working, she's like, yeah, he's been standing there for a while. You know, and the lady goes, yeah, sorry about that. She says it to her and she kind of looks over at me and I just go, oh yeah, no you're not. She stops and looks at me for a second and just shakes her head and walks out. I'm like, you're not sorry. You'll do the same shit tomorrow if it came up again. Like, just you ignorant bitch. Like, just... And they're just ignorant to the people working. Like, she's being, like, really snarky the whole time, too. Like, it was so... I don't know why I'm sharing this story. I'm just... I guess it's just one of these, just, what's wrong with the world? I mean, there's a million things wrong with the world, but it's just like how people can be just so ignorant. Like, you know, I'm just looking at this big guy when he comes up. He's like, yo, sorry, man. I didn't know you were standing there. You know, I'm like, well, it's okay. Whatever. And the other girl working, sorry, I should have just stopped her. I'm like, oh, I said, if you had stopped her order, she would have lost her mind. So, no, no, that's fine. I said, I had nowhere to go. It's not a big deal. But I said, I just... You know, I said, was that the stupidest sub order she got you've ever had? She's like, she just sort of, she goes, you know what? Sadly, no, not even close. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine. I, you know, I never worked in fast food, fortunately. So I couldn't imagine those horror stories, but I've been behind some idiots at Subway before, but that, I think that one probably takes the cake. I think just terms of just stupidity, like you're cutting a sub into fours and just like. And then, like, all oh, this has to have tomato and green. Oh, he didn't really want green peppers. It's like, well, then he can fucking pick them off. Like, what are we doing? Like, anyway, yes, you tuned in to hear me rant about Subway. Anyway, should I share my other story? Well, my other story I'll make quick. I'm, I won't draw it out. But it, this was more on, this is, of course, my luck, right? Um, it was last, on the weekend. You know, I'm at home, and we're, you know, bombing around the house here, doing nothing. And I have, uh, you know, those fuzzy, like, pajama pants on. I got my Bob's Burgers pajama pants on. And, uh, you know, flip-flops and, no, like, no shirt on. I've been hanging out downstairs. Oh, I don't have my flip-flops on at this point. But just hanging out downstairs in the friggin' Lazy Boy watching Netflix, whatever. And uh, I'd actually worked that morning and then come home. And I was hanging out in the chair Basically keeping quiet until I got home before the wife hadn't even got up yet. So anyway, she finally gets up and she's like, well, I don't know. I don't really want to make, what do you want? I'm like, oh, fuck it. we'll just go, to, I'll just go to McDonald's real quick. Okay. So whatever. And I'm like, I'm lounging, whatever. Like I said, I got my friggin' pajama pants on and, and nothing else. Really? That's it. Right. And I'm just sitting in the chair. I'm like, ah, screw it. So the thing is we have an attached garage, right? So obviously if we can go, I can go right from the house, right into the garage. So I'm like, oh, screw it. So I just grabbed my t-shirt, this holy shitty Tasmanian Devil Looney Tunes shirt that says get lucky on it. 
and it's got holes and shit all over it, whatever. But I just, I throw that on and I just, and I got my pajama pants on, walk into my, put on my flip flops and I walk into the garage, jump into the car, you know, open the garage, you know, like I said, we got the remote door, open the door, drive out. I'm, I don't have to set foot outside at all. So I'm like, and I'm not one of these people at Walmart. I don't go shopping in my pajama pants or anything like that. But I'm just like, screw it. I'm really comfortable right now. I'm just going to rip through the McDonald's drive through a couple Big Mac meals. Bang, I'll be back here. I'll be back home in 15 minutes. You know, whatever. Be sitting there watching Netflix with my Big Mac. All right, so I jump in the fucking SUV. Open the garage door. Out the back cave I go. Let's roll. Down to McDonald's. Okay. Zoom through the McDonald's drive through It's kind of busy, but... No problem. I'm sitting there grooving to some tunes, putting my orders. Okay. Two Big Mac meals and a McDouble is what I ordered. All right. Get up to the window. You notice there's nothing fast about fast food anymore. All right. Pay. Yeah. Oh. Could you pull forward? Your food will be right. Okay, fine. So I pulled forward. Ah, it wasn't very long. A couple minutes. Boom. They hand me the stuff. Away I go. All right. As I'm dr- pulling away and I'm making the turn to head out onto the main road to head back home, something in my head is like, I don't know why, but you should check your order. I usually check my order, like when they hand it to me right when at the first window when after I ordered, I always check. But this one, I'm normally when they tell me to pull ahead and wait, I'm kind of thinking if you're going to make a motherfucker wait, you're going to get his order right. And most of the time, I really don't check the order, and I probably should. But anyway, but it's always been good. But for some reason this time, as right before I hit the main road, I should check your order. I look in there and son of a bitch, they forgot my, they forgot one of the Big Macs. I'm like, really? So I've, I've been kind of sitting here for 10 minutes, like through the whole ordering process and whatever. And it's, it's just a Big Mac meal and McDouble. It wasn't like I ordered some goofy shit. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Well, now guess what? Well, I can't go back through the drive-thru because there's like 10 cars in there now. But now it's dawned on me, shit, I gotta go inside now to get the Big Mac. Well, here I am wearing a fucking ripped apart Tasmanian Devil Get Lucky shirt, pajama pants and flip flops, and it's not exactly like August, like it's not like summer weather. Like it's cold, it's pretty, it's for, like our weather's been the shits here. It was fairly cold that day. So I, I look like an idiot, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, at least if I had a hoodie on, you know, whatever, I could, like, you know, you can kind of get away with the pajama pants a little bit, but I'm like, oh my god. So I just look like I rolled out of the dumpster when I op- I go into McDonald's. I'm like, I feel like such an idiot. And of course, there's like, I think there's like two girls volleyball teams in there, and like, there's a bunch of people, and they're just staring at me, and I'm like, oh god. You know, the shirt's pretty much like this. I look like a sight, yeah. Fat guy in a ripped up Looney Tunes shirt. And like, they're probably looking at this fucking, he's either going to rob this place or he's going to use the bathroom for some, to hit his crack pipe or something. I'm like, oh my God. You know, I'm like, ugh. And I see the girl and I'm like, yeah, you forgot my Big Mac. You know what? Are you sure? I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, I've been sitting out there. I said, I've sat in the drive-thru for 10 minutes. I was at the second window. I said, in fact, her her right there was, you handed it to me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I ordered two Big Mac meals and McDouble. I didn't get one of the Big Macs. 
okay, like, it's like I'm putting her out, and I just I'm at the, and I'm at this point I'm sort of normally you know I'm like well, just hand me the shit so I can get out of here so you know I, you know, but I'm just I just again I look at I go really when she kind of gives me that you know. It's like, really? And she kind of just looks at me. She grabs the Big Mac thing and she like just hands it to me. Doesn't put it in a bag or anything. She just hands it to me. And I'm, but I'm like, like, I, I don't, like, what's, could you not maybe put it in a bag with like an apple pie or something? Like, you know, sorry for the delay or sorry for the way shit happens. Or, Cause it wasn't again, it wasn't like I'm yelling and screaming and throwing shit. You know, I was polite until I got the, but it's just like, what, what are we doing? Like, I just look at her, and again, it's some teenager working, and I'm just like, oh, okay. I said, oh, thanks, you know, and she just, you know, whatever, you know, sorry, you know, like the most insincere, I was just like, whatever, I just walked out, right, and at the same point, I just want to get the hell out of there, you know, I'm sure I could hear snickering, you know, with my Bob's Burger pajama pants on, but I'm like, of course, the one time they're going to screw up my order is when I'm dressed like people at Walmart. Anyway. Yeah, there's a, there's the story of Darren in, in the in the small town. Yeah, so I, I'm uh, I'm sure the the words out that you know get lucky pajama pants boy. Yeah, <laughs> fatty likes his Big Macs. <laughs> All right, well, you guys been a great crowd. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, oh, yeah, she probably talks about some hockey here. Okay, here, hold on. Where's my list here? All right. Um, actually, before I get into the list, I I, I wrote a few. Well, I wrote. Yeah, I wrote a bunch of names down. Um, <clears throat> I had put up, last night on social media, I had put up a picture of uh, John Winsick in a Colorado Rocky uniform. Uh, you know, and people were replying, oh, that just looks wrong and all that stuff. And um, and then somebody had mentioned, uh, I can, uh, it's escaping me what name they said. And Oh, he played there too. Really? I forgot he played there. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it kind of uh, got me thinking. It was like, you ever for, you, like you you forget where some of these guys played? Like they played just a couple games. It's like the whole Wendell Clark playing with the the, the Red Wings and the Blackhawks for like ten games. Um, uh, you know, just stuff like that, and guys playing weird spots. And I mean, so I, I kind of like looked up a few guys just out of curiosity. I was like, because it's like, or else you'll you well either you completely forget they played there, or it's like, oh yeah, right, you know, or whatever. But I just looked up some guys that were kind of, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm not talking about like preseason, like, cause there were some guys that like tried out for teams or whatever that you would like never believe that. Like, I think Lyndon Byers tried out for like the Hartford Whalers or something, or he was in Hartford camp. Um, but like stuff like that. So I didn't get into that. I didn't get in that deep. Like this is where, like guys actually played real like regular season NHL games. Um, so I just kind of bounced around hockey DB clicking on names and, uh, you know, and I'm sure, you know, some of you guys will remember some of them, but it was like, I just found it sort of interesting. It's like, oh, I didn't really know he played there or whatever. I don't really know what this exercise is accomplishing. I was just sort of something that I found unique. Like, like you know, Berube, like Craig Berube playing with the Islanders. Yeah, in 2000, he played 38 games with the Islanders. The Lyndon Byers playing 18 games with San Jose in 92. Um, Rick Talk This one I completely forgot. Rick Talkett in 96. Played for the he played thirteen games for the Washington Capitals. I was like, I have I had no idea that happened. I barely remembered him playing. That was the year he played for the Bruins. 
started the year with Boston and then ended up in Washington. It's like, I, it's just like, did I completely blank on that, that season of Tockett's career? I don't remember anything. I don't even think I've seen video of him in either of those uniforms. I have a pit, like, I knew he played for Boston because I have a picture of him with the Bruins because it surprised me. But like Washington, I looked and looked, I found one on Getty Images of him in Washington, but it was just like, I have no, I don't know why I missed that. I completely blanked out. Um, oh, so it was John Scott they had mentioned. Played like six games in the New York Rangers. I was like, Scott played for the Rangers? I didn't, okay. Not that I was following John Scott's career all that close at that, you know, especially at that point, I'd given up pretty much playing, or playing, watching hockey, but yeah, I forgot he even played with the Rangers. Um, with Winsick, I think, well, the only reason I remember is because I, I actually have a picture of him, but I, I looked it up and I think a lot of people with the Winsick, it's not just call, he played with Boston and then, you know, the, the season in Quebec, the season in Colorado, and then the season in New Jersey. But I think people forget that he actually played three games with the St. Louis Blues before the, before his Bruins days. He was drafted by St. Louis out of the Ontario Hockey League and he played three games with them and then played in the minors with Rochester with Cherry for a couple of years and then he got on to Boston. But yeah, the only reason I know that is because I have, I have the one picture of him in St. Louis. Um, I completely forgot about his team, Stan Jonathan, uh, in 80, 82 playing for Pittsburgh. I completely forgot that. I don't think I've ever seen Jonathan in a Pittsburgh uniform. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, a little, uh, a current guy, Brian McGratton, um, played five games with, uh, the Phoenix Coyotes. Um, another one that's often overlooked. I completely forgot until I looked at his hockey DB and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Is McSorley playing for the New York Rangers? I'm like, I completely forgot about that. 95, he played nine games with, uh, with the Rangers. Um, and then I started going through it and I'm like, oh yeah, I have that, I have a fight picture of him and Laws. Like they're just kind of, the refs are in there and whatever and you can breathe, you can just sort of, it's from like the shoulders up so you can barely see the Ranger colors on Marty. But <clears throat> yeah, I, I completely forgot that McSorley played with the Rangers. Um, Joey Koser playing seven games with the Vancouver Canucks in 95. Again, the only reason I know that, uh, I remembered that I just wrote that down. I had to look up how many games he played is I have, I have a picture of him with the Canucks, but I, I completely forgot. Other than that, I would have never remembered that he played there. Um, PJ stock with the Montreal Canadians. Um, I completely forgot about Kelly chase playing two games with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, for, I forgot about that. Um, well, another guy that played with the Leafs, Brad May, uh, you know, he played 38 games in 2008 with the Leafs. Um, Ty Domi, I think some people might forget. He was actually drafted by Toronto. He played two games with the Leafs in 89 against Detroit, actually. He had like 40 minutes of two games. I think he fought like Chris McCray and like Joe Koser. Um, then he got traded to the Rangers. You know, and then, you know, Winnipeg, blah, 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 and then, then back to Toronto. So, yeah, but I think people sometimes forget that he started in Toronto. Um, Tiger Williams playing, playing for Detroit in 84. Um, Dale Hunter, I completely forgot in 98, he played the final 17 games and into the playoffs with the Colorado Avalanche. I don't remember. I don't know what I was doing at that. Well, I was going to say it's 98, 99. I think I was working at the casino. So I was working nights. So I really wasn't watching any hockey at that point. Not that I was a big Dale Hunter fan anyway, but I completely forgot about him playing for Colorado. Of course, Rob Ray playing for Ottawa. I mean, that just looked, not that I forgot about that. That just, but I just, you know, it just seemed weird 
look, oh, two, oh, three. He played five games, and the next year he played six games with them. Um, Tim Hunter. I always forget about Hunter playing with Quebec. I, you know, he had that brief stop in Quebec, played 48 games with him. Then at the end of his career, he played 96, 96, 97, played with San Jose. Um, Basil McCray playing for the Leafs. I didn't even know he played for the Leafs. I had no idea. I knew he played in their farm team, but I didn't know he played for the Leafs. He played three games in 83 and then played one game in 84. Then in 92, actually, McCray had a bunch of different stints that were like I completely forgot about. Um, well, I knew he played in Tampa Bay because he was on the video game. But 92, he played in Tampa for 14 games. Uh, and then he, in 96, he played with, actually he played with the Chicago Blackhawks for eight games. I could, I don't remember Basil McCray playing for the Blackhawks at all. Um, Shane Sherlock played 11 games with the King, LA Kings. Al Secord playing in Philly for 20 games. Um, Fakoda in 97, 98 had that year. He played in Tampa Bay for 42 games in Montreal for 20. I, again, I forgot completely that Fakoda played for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Mike Peluso playing 23 games with the Flames. Uh, Dave Brown, 37 games last in his last season, last season with San Jose. Um, and then Bob McGill, actually in, in 93, 94, he played three games with the New York Islanders and then played 30 games with the Hartford Whalers. I don't remember, I don't remember any of that. So I don't remember him in those uniforms at all. So yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out. I don't, I don't know how, uh, I don't really know how exciting that was for anybody listening, but, um, and I'm sure there's a million more that I'm missing, but it was just something that I clicked on because it, it had come up, like I said, it came up yesterday with, oh, that just looks weird. And like I said, and then somebody meant, oh, Scott played with the Rangers and oh, really? And blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure there's a million other ones that, you know, obviously I didn't list, but yeah, it's always, uh, like, you know, you just, you, you just have this image, like with Chase, for example, he'll always be a St. Louis blue to me, right? So, and I completely forgot that he played the two games, the Leafs, but, um, uh, yeah. I don't know what any of this is. What It's 44 minutes. What Have I said anything of substance yet? Although, do, I don't know. Do I ever really say too much of things of substance? I don't know. But how about we get into this list that uh, Jeremy sent me here. Men of Steel. Each NHL team's toughest enforcer of all time. Written in 2011. So it's got a few years on it. But a hockey team is composed of more than just a bunch of guys who try scoring goals to win games. Oh, yeah. While a true enforcer is becoming more rare in the modern NHL that emphasizes fewer penalties and more lineup depth, there will always be a place for the physical brutes who really know how to dish out the pain. Well, this guy's really amping it up here. All right. It's not easy to have a job as an NHL enforcer, but the following 30 tough-as-nails guys all hold the distinction of being the grittiest, most fearsome enforcer in team history. All right. Kyle Nicholas. Wrote this for what uh, Bleacher Report. I think Bleacher Report must do a lot of this stuff because it seems to me that a, a lot of these articles are from Bleacher Report that I do. But okay, gang, let, let's get into Kyle's list here of the Men of Steel. <clears throat> All right, number one, Anaheim Ducks. Oh, hot start, folks. Really, the Dave Carpa. <laughs> All right. Um, Perhaps one of the most impressive things about the hard-nosed defenseman for only four years of the Ducks, Dave Carper managed to earn an assistant captain's position. Well, I don't know how hard that is to believe, but uh, perhaps even more impressive is how much time he spent in the penalty box. Carper spent more than 200 minutes in the penalty, three out of the four years. To this day, his 788 minutes in, 
as a Mighty Duck stands as the highest in franchise history. That just goes to show you that leaders have to drop the mitts too. Um, I I didn't realize Carpa was the all-time penalty minute leader. I mean, I I don't have a problem with Dave Carpa. He was a gritty dude. I don't mind him, but uh, was he, <laughs> was he the toughest Anaheim Mighty Duck of all time? Well, when you have like Grimson and McKenzie and Todd Ewan and roll through town, you know, Peros and May and all those guys. Yeah, probably not, but uh, sure. There we go, Dave Carpa. Again, that's not an indictment on Dave Carpa. I don't have a problem. I like Dave Carpa, but yeah. But I'm like, all right. But I'm I, I always surprised with lists like this that, um, I mean, we'll see how bad the rest of the list is, but I'm always surprised like Bleacher Report writers would know. I, I'm just surprised they know who Dave Carpa. Well, as I'm saying it right now, I can actually can guarantee this guy doesn't know who Dave Carpa is, and he probably just went to the Anaheim like franchise records and saw that he's the penalty minute leader. So, yeah, him, you know. So, but all right, Dave Carpa. There we go. All right, Atlanta. Atla- oh yeah, it's 2011, so the Atlanta Thrashers. Um, Jeff Odger. Not yes, Odger. Jeff Odger. All right. Uh, Okay, I know very. Le- I know it's very likely that in less than a month that this team will no longer exist. That tells you how old these articles are. However, for the time being, uh, they have not played a game in Winnipeg, so their all-time leader remains. So their all-time leader remains an Atlanta Thrasher. That being said, Jeff Odgers, there you go, uh, was not much of a skilled player. In fact, in twelve-year career, he's only managed seventy-five goals, career high being thirteen. Well, thirteen's not a bad year. Besides rocking the best bit of facial hair in league history, he's an extremely respectable player, serving as captain in San Jose. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, you're never going to hear me knock Jeff Rogers on this show. Um, not only was he a guest of this show, his son Dakota was also a guest on this show. Um, but I mean, I've, I've always said, if you're a fight fan, how how do you not like Jeff Rogers? If you don't like Jeff Rogers, what's wrong with you? Did he win every fight? No. Um, but there was no Jersey jabs or any of that horse shit. He would go right at it and stuck his chin out and went for it. And pff, Jeff Rogers, the man, uh, I'm down with Rogers. Boston Bruins, Terry O'Reilly. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't need to write up, I don't need to read the the write-up on Terry O'Reilly. I mean, you know, with the Bruins, with their history, I mean, like I said, you got Jonathan and Winsick and O'Reilly and Miller and Byers and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, Sean Thornton and all those guys. Um, so, you know, if they had put Stan Jonathan, would I be, what are you talking about? Like, no. But, I mean, Terry O'Reilly for all the, for the you know, however many games, he, what did he play, 800, 900 games, the, you know, or his entire 14-year career, uh, yeah, with the Bruins, 2,000 minutes, um, yeah, 200 goals, uh, including four seasons of 20 goals or more. Um, yeah, man. I mean, O'Reilly was a power forward, never took any shit, would fight everybody. Yeah. I mean, Taz is a bad dude, man. Absolutely. Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, Rob Ray. I mean, that's the thing with Buffalo. Again, a lot of the old timers would say Larry Playfair. You know, yeah. I mean, I get it. Um, but I think just for historic value I mean for the amount of fights that Ray put in and for the amount of time that he was there um, you know again 
I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, I guess if you're saying, if the art, you know, with the argument being the best fighter in team history, yeah, you'd say Playfair. Because I would say, uh, fight historians would say Larry Playfair was a better fighter than Rob Ray. So, um, I, I mean, obviously I know who Larry Playfair is and what he did and everything, but there just, there isn't a lot of video on Playfair. Um, so a lot of that stuff is lost to the sands of time, unfortunately, but, um, read a lot about him. Um, like I said, the reviews are all like, yeah, he's a bad dude, man. So, I mean, in that sense, it would be Playfair, but I get why they're saying Rob Ray. I get it. And I mean, I have no problem with Rob. I love Rob Ray. So, but, and I mean, dude fought everybody, um, and there's all, oh, yeah, but he took his, when his jersey came off and all that horse shit. Ray was, actually, Ray was just as good with his jersey on. So, yeah, he, uh, no, Ray was, I'm down with Rob Ray. Calgary Flames, Tim Hunter. Yeah. Although I <laughs> that's funny, the article I'm scrolling. Yeah, then there, here I am doing the, you won't believe he, I forgot he played for San Jose. And they have a picture of him with San Jose. But they got him listed. Calgary Flames, Tim Hunter, and then they have a picture of him with San Jose. Um, um. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, Calgary with their, with their history of toughness that they've had over the years. Um, Hunter is definitely just for in terms of longevity, all those battles of Alberta, the battles with Samanko and all those guys. And I mean, again, you know, with these guys like O'Reilly and Ray and Hunter, it's like, I don't need to sell you guys on them. I mean, everybody out there knows Tim Hunter. I don't need to sell you his resume. So, but yeah, I would say for Calgary. Yeah. Carolina Hurricanes, Kevin Deneen. Mm, all right. Okay, hold on. I got to what at the, at the start of this? What, how did the how did he word it? It's not easy to have a job as an NHL enforcer, but the following thirty tough as nails all hold the distinction of being the grittiest, most fearsome enforcer in team history. Yeah, okay. So this guy's claiming that Kevin Deneen is an enforcer. All right. Well, <laughs> again, I like Kevin Deneen. You know, hey, he's a gritty dude. Whatever. I have no problem with Kevin Deneen, but. Um, he wasn't an enforcer. Um, there you go. His statistics might look a little odd that only two of his 20 seasons in the NHL were spent in Carolina. However, Deneen played for the franchise for an additional 10 years. Yeah, in the previous form is the Hartford Whalers. In those 12 years, Deneen racked up 2,400 penalty minutes. Um, Deneen now works uh, as the head coach of the Florida Panthers. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, just a gritty guy. I mean, like I said, with Carol, well, Hartford, you want to go into Hartford. I mean, you got Fatio and Grimson and all those guys that played there. I mean, you know, was Kevin Deneen. Yeah, no one's saying Kevin Deneen was a better fighter than any of those guys. But, okay. I mean, I like Kevin Deneen, the player, and he was gritty and all that, whatever. But, no, was he the best enforcer? No. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> this list is awesome. I always say with these lists, it's like the shittier the better because then it's just funny. Um, yeah, so the Chicago Blackhawks, who do you think they got? Well, of course, Chris Chelios. I mean, when I think of the toughest player in Chicago Blackhawks history, Chris Chelios is the name that's on the tip of my tongue every time. Um, uh, here's something I bet you didn't know. Chris Chelios is the all-time franchise leader of the Blackhawks in penalty minutes. Actually, I didn't know that, but okay. Okay, if you're a diehard Blackhawk fan, you probably did, but it didn't. But it definitely surprised me. Yeah, second oldest man ever played in the NHL was, to say the least, unafraid to play tough, tallying 2,800 minutes in Chicago. Blah blah blah. But the list of accomplishments far outshines. Jealous now serves as an advisor for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, I. 
Chelios, yeah, Hall of Fame player, great, great defenseman, everything else. Um, I, no, he couldn't fight. Chelios couldn't fight. I mean, he was. I I'm trying to think in my head. I I don't remember a good Chris Chelios fight. I really don't. I'm not. But like I said, Hall of Fame player and gritty and was tough and you know whatever played for a long time and all that stuff. But come on, <laughs> the best fighter in Blackhawks history, you know? Uh, no, so. But anyway, Chris Chelios of the Chicago Blackhawks. There you go. Wow. All right. Colorado Avalanche. Dale Hunter. Okay. Uh, this is hilarious. After well, dropping you on your head. Sorry, folks. Knocked my microphone over. So this is hilarious. As I'm like, I did that list of I didn't know where they played, or I didn't know they played there, and I had Dale Hunter with the Colorado Avalanche, and they got him listed as the best enforcer in Abs history. Played 19 games there. Uh, okay. You ready for a surprise? Make sure you keep reading this until the end of the list. Uh, Dale Hunter was about your typical definition of a power forward, racking up 100 minutes of penalties in all but one season in his career. Uh, in total, amassed, amassed a jaw-dropping 3,500 penalty minutes. Uh, had a reputation of throwing hits, retaliating, and offending, mouthing off to officials. Top it off, holds the distinction of earning the longest suspension with 21 games. Um, he is the only player in NHL history to record both 1,000 career points and 3,000 career penalty minutes. Yeah, I mean, Hunter was a great player. He did it, you know, whatever, and did his role and fought. And, I mean, he was a, you know, he was a motherfucker, man. But, um, was Dale Hunter the best fighter in Colorado Avalanche history? Uh, no, no. Again, we just established we didn't even know he was in Colorado history. Um, I mean, I with Colorado off top wall, Scott Parker, um, Cody McLeod, uh, Belak started there. Rogers was there for a while. I mean, uh, McAllister, Worrell. I mean, everyone. All those guys were tougher, better fighters than Dale Hunter was. Um, now again, Dale Hunter, great career. You'd want him on your team. Big game hunter, right? Um, but no. <laughs> Columbus, Jody Shelley. Yes, I would say Jody Shelley. Him or Jared Bull, one of the two. Um, yeah, I'm a massive Jody Shelley fan. He was tremendous. Um, again, I don't, I don't need to sell the listeners on Jody Shelley. I, I will, I guess, I, you know, we're, we're at like the 56 minute mark here of the episode and I'm, I'm on this. I'm in the seas, so I don't, I, I, I mean, I'll just, uh, glaze over that one. Um, the Dallas Stars, Darian Hatcher. Well, that's not as bad as Chris Chelios, but again, if you're going to mix in the Minnesota Dallas thing, I mean, you had Churla McCray, I mean, whatever, Link Gates, I mean, you know, Darian Hatcher, come on. Um, NHL defense stands 6'5", 235, lines it for a hit at full speed. You better have your last will and testament written. Hatcher had a reputation as a big, bone-crunching D-man, daunting physical stature to his advantage, and he did rather well. Um, 1,300 minutes, finished his career. What? He also pulled it. Well, I get all oh, he came. He had 1,300 minutes with Dallas, but his career he finished with 1,500. Um, finished his career in Philly after a short stint in Detroit. Um... Yeah, I mean, Hatcher was yeah, big, tough, physical D-man. I mean, I'm not calling him a punching bag or anything. Um, you know, I 
Dallas, Minnesota slash Dallas was he the best fighter? You know, not yet Jack Carlson and all that. No, but but I mean, whatever. I mean, okay, Hatcher is a group, big, tough, physical D man. That's like I said, that's not as bad as Chelios. Detroit, Bob Probert. Well, yeah, all right, obviously. Okay, I'll just keep going. We all know Probert was in Detroit. Edmonton. <laughs> Kelly Buckberger. Well, all right. We had Samanko and Mick Sorley and McClellan and George LaRock. Uh, yeah, Kelly Buckberger, no. Dave Brown. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you one of the longest names to adorn an NHL sweater. Buckberger played for five different teams. In the last seven years in the NHL, he's played 13 seasons for the Oilers. Well, he wasn't the greatest scorer in the world. He reached 20 goals flat in his career. Buckberg was a staple of the Oilers lineup, uh, earning the captaincy and the respect of his teammates and fans alike. I mean, that was the thing with Buckberger. I mean, I like Kelly Buckberger, and, like, guy was fearless. He would fight anybody, and, uh, you know, um, you know, one of those, just a solid foot soldier guy, decent player, uh, you know, skate his lane, whatever, play physical, shit went south, he was in there, uh, like I said, fight anybody, um, you know, it took some beatings, but, you know, I mean, I'm down with, I'm down with Buckberger, uh, but again, was he, is he the best fighter in Oiler history? Uh, no, <laughs> but I'm, I like Buckberger, but no, <laughs> Florida, Paul Laws, actually, absolutely, um, him or Warrell, one of the two, but Laws, you know, uh, memorable nights, he set the NHL record with 39 fighting majors. Um, yeah, he, nine year career till 1700 minutes. Yeah, he played all the, all nine years in Florida. Um, unfortunately, wrist injury forced him to retire. But, uh, yeah, Laws is a bad dude, man. Criminally underrated, I think. Uh, not under, like, fight fans know how good he was, but I think he, like, I just being out in Florida, the, you know, the late games, he didn't really see much of them. Um, I think a lot of his stuff gets forgotten. Um, anybody listening, if, if you don't sleep on Laws, do a YouTube search. Paul Laws, go check out his shit. Guy was good, man. Really good. Yeah, it's a shame about the wrist. LA Kings, Marty McSorley. Alright, well, they had, they had to get Marty on the list. Um, yeah, man. I mean, again, I don't need to sell you on Marty McSorley. Um, he kind of, you know, he was, he was, you know, he started with Pittsburgh, young guy, whatever, started making his bones with the Oilers. But I think LA is where he, you know, he got into his prime and truly, you know, came into his own. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, he'll always forever be known for the brush here. Yeah, they, of course they bring it up, right? Well, you kind of, that's the problem when you mention McSorley, that's what you have to bring it up, right? And he'll be, he'll be forever known for the brush here thing. But, you know, I always say he played 900 games before the brush here thing. But, uh, but Marty always walked the line and, uh, one of the best enforcers of all time. I'm down with Marty. Absolutely. Minnesota Wild, Derek Bugard. Well, there you go. Um, Uh, oh yeah, he had passed away by the time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, with the Wild, I mean, um, just trying to think of their of their alumni. Um, Simon briefly, Matt Johnson. Yeah, he could have went with Matt Johnson, maybe, but, but, uh, but again, yeah, if it's the best fighter, yeah, Bugard. Actually, Bugard's rookie year is probably one of the best fight years anybody ever actually had in the NHL. I think he had like four or five KOs and stuff. Like, 
Yeah, Bugard, you know, obviously it's, it, well, it doesn't, you know, I don't have to go into it. It's, it's sad what happened and everything, um, you know, and yeah, I, we never saw it. Like, I think that rookie year was really kind of the only year that he was really, really healthy. Uh, all the other years battling injuries and everything still was awesome, but that first year, man. Yeah, and, it, and it's wild, especially for myself, because I can, like I said, I can remember when he started with Regina and with the Prince George, and then went over to Prince George Cougars and just this big kid. And it was just like, look at the side. And of course, the, the boogeyman, he's got the name and everything. And, um, you know, and, uh, and his brother was really active on social media, really putting up a lot of his videos, which at the time, you know, that didn't happen. This is before YouTube and, you know, social media really took, took over. Um, you know, it was hard to see, um, Western Hockey League footage and stuff. There was no internet TV and all that. So, um, but yeah, but his brother, uh, really, really got Derek's stuff out there. So to watch him develop and then medicine that he's just freight training guys and everything. And then you see him go to the Louisiana ice skaters and beat people up down the East coast league. And then, you know, onto the AHL with Houston. And could you imagine, imagine the while that when he first came up, they had John Scott and him at the same time. Could you imagine that? Imagine those bookends on the wing. Man, but, um, yeah, man, boogie, bad dude. Montreal Canadiens, Chris Nyland. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Um, again, uh, you know, he holds the record for the highest number of penalty minutes per game, averaging 4.42 per game over his career. Ah, there you go. I didn't know that. Uh, I spent 3,000 minutes in the box. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Nyland was one of those guys that's grown on me over the years. Like I said, as I look at him with older, wiser eyes, I, I never liked Nyland growing up. I, but I can't tell you why I didn't. I have no idea why I didn't. But um, watched his documentary, got a whole new respect. I always, resp- like I said, I always respected the role and what they did. But um, I don't know why I just didn't like him. But uh, yeah, no, the great documentary is really good. And like I said, a whole new respect for Nyland. And uh, um, yeah, man. Absolutely. Nashville Predators, Jordan Tutu. Mm, okay. Seems probably a guy who wears 22, has a name like that. Uh, high energy, unparalleled aggression. Tutu's found a perfect home in the Nashville system. Um, yeah, I mean, he, like Tutu, like he's one of those guys. He's fun to watch, right? He's like a human Super Bowl. Runs around, hits everybody, um, would fight anybody. Uh, you know, he's a fearless guy. I mean, I liked watching him play. I mean, I remember watching him here in junior with the Brandon Wheat Kings. Oh, and he was a little asshole, man. Like, he'd run around. I think he had 50 goals one year in Brandon, too. Like, he was Brandon's, like, best player. But he'd run around, and he was dirty. Oh, he was dirty. Just some cheap shit, and he'd get people wound up and going. But, yeah, 2-2, uh, yeah, the 2-2 train, right, as he, as he made the World Junior Team with Team Canada that year. And he just ran around hit everybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of 2-2. Um I know he's he he had some off ice like sobriety issues, but uh, you know he's got he's got uh, sober now, and uh, so that was good to hear. But uh, is Jordan Tutu the best fighter in Nashville history? Uh, no, probably not. No, I mean you got again you got Grimson. I'm trying to think Nashville. Belak was there. Grimson, Patrick Cote for a couple of years. So um, Jim McKenzie, yeah. So, but hey, I'm I'm down with I like Tutu. New Jersey, Scott Stevens. Oh, that. Oh, that'll that'll that would that'll make the fight boards cringe if anybody if those cats are listening to it. Scott Stevens. Um, you want to talk physical? Let's talk with Scott Stevens. 
bone-crunching blue liner, without question, one of the best hitters in NHL history. Um, yeah, well, yes, he was. Uh, he was a massive physical presence, um, Hall of Fame player. Um, I mean, I think anytime you ever talk about body cut or hitting in the NHL, Scott Stevens' name is right at the top of the list. Um, you know, probably majority of those hits now would get him suspended for life now. But, um, although, as I say that, I think a lot of that is overblown too. Um, you know, at the same time, you'll get his detractors that'll call him a headhunter and everything. Yeah, you know, um, did, did he hit Lindros in the head? Well, yeah, but Lindros is also leaning. There's a lot, like, he's trying to fish the puck, or poke the puck through. So he's leaned over. So, and it's like, oh, he left his feet. No, he didn't. If you go watch the replay, Stevens didn't leave his feet when he hit him. Um, it's just, you know, but some of the shit, like the shot on Korea was, was the, that was, that was a rough one. Um, but yeah, he was a mean dude. He was, he was mean, but at the same time, it's got, got what do you get? Three or four cups and, you know, um, you know, intense guy and, and, uh, but he did fight. Like I've had this debate numerous times in the fight board. I've often mentioned his fight card is tremendous. Um, when you go back and look at it, am I saying Stevens is a great fighter? He wasn't, but, and he fought, he definitely fought a lot more early on in his career. But at the end, like I said, he's a, he's your top defense pairing. He's your captain. Why? Like, oh, the duck Domi and did this and did, why would Scott Stevens fight Tidomi at that point in his career? Seriously. When at the time, New Jersey has like Peluso, McKay, Scott Daniels and all these guys. But yeah, but you figure Stevens should be fighting him. Like, you know, well, if you're going to throw the hat, you know, and he always, whatever, you get all these guys thinking that Stevens is ducking people, but like, he fought Probert numerous times, Dave Brown numerous times. His final fight in his career was against Brashear. Like, go look at Scott Stevens' fight card. It's like he he didn't pick, he wasn't a spot picker. Go look at the names. But uh, now, in terms of his fighting ability, was he the best fighter in New Jersey history? Well, no, he's not better than any of the guys I just said. So, uh, you know, who else did New Jersey have? McKenzie, well, Jim McKenzie, there, well, right there. Um, Randy McKay, Danico. Well, Danico would be better than Stevens as a fighter. Um, yeah. But, no. So, Scott Stevens, no. New York Islanders, Mick Fakoda. Well, see, now I can see, I can see as a, the writer, especially if he's a younger guy, well, clearly, um, I can see why they picked Fakoda. He's the all-time team penalty minute leader and played all those years. And, um, you know, I get it. But if we're just getting down to brass tacks, like the article said, and the best fighter, no. I mean, Nystrom and I would have, in fact, actually, Gillies, Nystrom, and Ken Baumgartner, I would I would say are better fighters than Mick Fakoda was. Um, but, um, but again, I, like I said, I get why they, I get why they picked Fakoda, but no. <laughs> uh, no. New York Rangers, Jeff Bukaboom. Man, this <laughs> this guy is really big, hung up on the big physical D man. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bukaboom again, huge dude. Um, was that sandpaper D? Despite his role as an enforced Bukaboom, is another one of those guys that was heavily involved. Uh, he's a large part of ice hockey in Harlem. Would brought the opportunity to play the game to underprivileged children. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, from all accounts, he's supposed to be a really nice guy. Um, 
but yeah, he's just a hard, hard nosed physical guy that he would fight. He would fight guys and not take any shit and all that. I mean, you know, definitely. Um, but you know, with the Rangers, you get Fatio and Langdon and Eric Karens and all these guys. So are they, you know, is Bukaboom ahead of those guys? No, but, um, like I said, whoever this writer was, I think he's he's definitely hung up on the uh, on the physical on the physical defensive. He's he's really into those guys. What we had, like we had Chelios and Hatcher and Bukaboom now, and yeah. So <clears throat> Ottawa Sanders, Chris Neal. Yeah, I mean, you sort of have to go with Chris Neal for sure. Um, you know, he played all he played his entire career there. Um, I mean, it was funny. Somebody brought him up in the in the fight group there a couple days ago, and there was a couple of guys shitting on him. And I'm like, how do you shit on? But of course, they're probably Leaf fans. So I mean, as Leaf fans, I guess I get why you hate Chris Neal. But as fight fans, you got to see through the bullshit, boys. Like, get, you know, get past your Leaf jerseys. Um, as just as fight fans, I don't. How do you not Chris Neal? I mean, you know, guy had a pretty solid fight card, played all those years. You know, I don't know. I like, I always liked Chris Neal. I thought he was cool. Actually, I'll tell you one thing. If you go back and look at Chris Neal and his Grand Rapids Griffin stuff when he played in the IHL, whoo. I have some of it on my YouTube channel. Definitely check it out. Um, he has some great fights with Engelstad, good one with LaPuma. Check out Chris Neal's minor league stuff. Guy was solid. Philadelphia. Bobby Clark. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, now, Bobby Clark was mean. He was dirty and everything else. Um, sp- strictly speaking, his role in the Flyers was not as an enforcer. Well, yeah, but when you when you get a guy as gritty as he was and as talented as he was, it's not hard to give him the honor on the list as the toughest guy on Broad Street. Well, yeah, but that's not how you defined your article. You're you're talking out of both sides of your mouth here. Um, I mean, we got the Flyers. You have Bruby and Dave Brown, and you know, well, hell, his teammates like Schultz and all those guys were all tougher, better fighters than Bobby Clark was. Um, now, again, gritty dude, whatever, great player, obviously Hall of Famer, and he was the captain of the team and made you know he made those cups cups happen and and everything. But uh, yeah, no, he's not the Philadelphia Flyers' best fight. Like, yeah, you said the best. Okay, hold on. I got to go back. What did I just, I've already done this twice, but with the following 30 toughest nails, got to hold the great, most fearsome enforcer in team history. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're not making any sense here with your article here, buddy. You're bouncing around, but no, Bobby Clark is not the best flyer fighter of all time. Like you said, you got well, Glenn Cochran, a Bridgman, a Ben Wilson, a Dave Brown and oh Yeah. Come on now. The Phoenix Coyotes. Keith the Chuck. Holds the honor of being the first captain in team history. Also the most penalty minutes in Desert Dogs history. Um, (laughs) He's even given the honor of gracing the cover of NHL Breakaway 98 video game. What? Talk about we're just struggling to throw random shit into the article. What the hell is NHL Breakaway anyway? It was it was EA hockey was the only friggin' hockey game that I ever knew of. I mean, obviously I knew there was more, but I didn't know. No, none of my friends were coming over saying, "Hey, man!" Like they never stopped by the house. Hey, yeah, I got NHL Breakaway '98. Let's 
throw that in. What? Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, Tachuk was a power forward, obviously, would fight. Um, I, I don't know, was Tachuk a really good fight? I'm trying to think in my head. Because again, guys, like I said, I'm discovering this article with you guys. I didn't, I'm not doing research on this or anything as, as, you know, before I opened the, before I opened the article. So, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of like Tachuk, great Keith Tachuk fights. I mean, I don't remember. I remember him fighting and stuff, but it was just like, Okay, he, he was, you know, whatever, something happened and he, you know, stuck up for himself. But I don't remember, you know, was he a great, particularly great fighter? No, but I'm trying to think of Phoenix history again. Seems like McKenzie was on all these teams. Um, oh, shit, who was on Phoenix now? I'm trying to think. Uh, well, who was on Phoenix? Man, oh man. Um, well, I mean, are they going to, are they going to count Winnipeg in there too? Well, you got Winnipeg, you got Domi. Cronin, Donnelly, all those guys. Jimmy Mann. William Chipway would kill me if I didn't yell Jimmy Mann. Um, Paul McDermott, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, if you're doing that slash, you know, Winnipeg slash Phoenix. Um, but, yeah, Keith the Chuck. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jim McKenzie, there. Oh, he was in Winnipeg, too. Um, no, no. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Kevin Stevens. What? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he was a he was a power forward. He hit and was any hell of a player. I mean, he, you know, fifty goal, forty goals. I mean, he was a huge part of those Penguins teams with Lemieux and Yager and those guys, without a doubt. Um, I know he put up a lot of penalty minutes and he didn't really fight. So it's like, I mean, I guess he was gritty and he'd be dirty and like would push and shove and whatever, but. That's uh, so the one thing about those 90s guys. He's like sort of like, I was going to say with Chelios too, um, well, the, off the top of my head because they're both in the article here. But, man, there were some guys that like put up like 200 and some, oh, in Chelios' case, 300 minutes. And, then, man, if I was a coach, I'd be pissed because it's like, well, Kevin Stevens had like 240 minutes or whatever. I think he had like one fight or two fights, but he had like 50 goals. It's like, if you cut that penalty minute total in half, you might have had 60 goals. It's like, I mean, I get it. They have to play physical or gritty or dirty-ish to be successful. I, I understand that as part of their makeup, but uh, as far as a player goes. But to have that many penalty minutes, like Verbeek was like that. You'd have all these minutes in like three fights. It's just like tens, you know, or too many double roughings or something, you know, or like that's a lot of stupid penalties. You know, for guys that are that talented, like, yeah. But no, Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh's always been one of these teams that, like, kind of never really had. Like, they always seem to, like, recycle and force. Yeah, I know it's hard. But, I mean, you have LaRock and Goddard and, you know, McSorley at a time and McClellan and, um, well, hell, Jay Caulfield. I mean, Jay Caulfield's a better fighter than Kevin Stevens was, you know. Um, so, hey, Stan Jonathan for the 19 games at the end of his career. Um, but, yeah, Kevin Stevens, no. San Jose, Owen Nolan, you know, uh, no, again, great power forward. I liked, I was a big fan of Owen Nolan. Um, actually was a decent fighter when he got wound up and would fight. Um, uh, who was it now? Kale Hulse. I remember talking to Kale Hulse and I, he said Owen Nolan hit him, broke his nose. He said that was the hardest I ever got hit in a fight was by Owen Nolan. It surprised me when he said that. 
Not that I didn't think Owen Nolan could fight, but I was just like, really, of all the guys who fought Nolan, really? I'm waiting for him to say, oh, Baumgartner or something like that, right? And this guy fought like Serge Rivera's in the minors and shit, but he says Owen Nolan. I was like, wow. And he said it like really quick too. Um, yeah, I mean, power forward guy, again, with San Jose, you know, is he the toughest guy in Sharks history? I'm, I'm trying to think Sharks. Uh, well, again, Scott Parker, um, Odgers. Link Gates, you know, I mean, Gates only played the one year, but still, better fighter Nolan Nolan. Um, you know, Hunter was there, Brown was there, you know, all these guys were better fighters than Owen Nolan was. But Owen Nolan was a very, was a great player, um, but no, I wouldn't put him as the best fighter in San Jose history. I certainly, like again, with this enforcer, air quotes, enforcers that you keep talking about, no, <laughs> he's not an enforcer. St. Louis Blues, Brian Sutter. Oh, tough guy numbers is like, I told you. There you go. There you go, man. Uh, every time tough guy numbers breaks down, like he does his analytics stuff with the fight number, most games with 20 goals and most fights and he does all these things. Like Brian Sutter's on like every list. Yeah, Brian Sutter was awesome. I mean, what a player. Tremendous power forward guy. Put up a ton of penalty minutes. Uh, let, uh, far, he had a lot more fights than, than, well, tough guy numbers was the one that, like, I always knew the Sutters, right? Obviously, everyone knows the Sutters and their reputation as a family of just being gritty, tough guys. You know, are they like these great fighters? No, but I mean, they'll fight, they won't back down, go in the corners, play in the rough areas, blah, 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 but solid, just solid two-way grit players. I mean, the biggest compliment you could always give someone back in the day was like, he plays like a Sutter. I mean, you know, never give up, and, you know, there's just that style of tenacity of the way they play. And Sutter, man, Brian, um, yeah, I mean, 40 goals and, like, 20 fights, 30 fights, and, yeah, just a tough guy. I mean, in terms of, like, actual fighting ability, was he really a great, great fighter? Well, yeah, he was all right. But, I mean, if St. Louis Blues, I mean, you know, Chase, Twist, I mean, you know, is Brian Sutter beating Tony Twist in a fight? Probably not. Gas off. There you go. I mean, for the old timers out there, gas off. I mean, you know, these guys are all probably better fighters than Brian Sutter. But and I wouldn't put Brian Sutter again. I would not. Put, you're keep you. You're using the word enforcer rather loosely with some of these guys. But uh, no, he's just a great player. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Chris Gratton. Hmm. There, actually, you know what? There is a name you don't hear very often. Again, kind of a power forward guy. Um, I always like Chris Grouton. He's one of those guys, again, I think one of those under-the-radar guys. Um, yeah, a career that spanned 19 seasons. Yeah, you forget, like, right, we came right into the league at 18. And um, all in all, he 1,600 career penalty minutes. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, great Chris Grouton fights. I mean... I've seen a few, but he's just one of the, he's just a bigger guy that, you know, played a long time and was gritty and, um, would fight now and again. Um, you know, again, Tampa Bay lightning, you know, I'm trying to think, okay, Tampa Bay, I'm trying to think of their, their lineage of fighters, uh, Rudy Poshek off the top of my head, um, uh, Ciccone, Kanopka, you know, so. You know, are the you know is Chris Gratton a better fighter than those guys? No. And again, we're saying best enforcer in TV history. Chris Gratton was not an enforcer, but um, you know, a true NHL journeyman. Gratton played for seven teams. Yeah, um, yeah, he bounced around. But like I said, nineteen. I didn't realize he played that long. Um, 
I mean, I, I like I said, I like Chris Gratton, but uh, I wouldn't have him on this list. Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow, Wendell Clark. Wow, that'll make the folks happy. Um, again, I, I don't know. With, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of Toronto. I mean, I would I would put Ty Domi ahead of Wendell Clark. Um, but okay, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think as the Leafs. I mean. Oh yeah, Tiger Williams and all that over the years. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, having Wendell, I can't. You you keep using the term enforcer. Uh, Wendell Clark was not an enforcer, but uh, first couple of years put up big fight totals. You know, he had thirty fights and whatever. So um, I mean, those, that, I, as I'm saying, he's not an enforcer, but he had thirty fights, but he had thirty goals too. So. Um, but no, I would, I would say Ty Domi if somebody said, uh, uh, who's the best fighter in Leaf history, but if someone wants to say this article, Sam Wendell, I won't put up too much mistake over Wendell Clark, Vancouver Canucks, Tiger Williams. Well, I mean, I guess you have to get the all time penalty minute leader in there, but I mean, you know, with Ojik and Brashear, um, I, I would say either of those guys were better fighters than Tiger Williams. I've seen a bunch of Tiger Williams fights over the years. Um, I never thought he was that great of a fighter, to be honest. He was just more of a wrestler than anything else. Um, but, again, he's the all-time penalty minute leader. But a great player, far better player than I think people give him credit for. I think some people, they just hear all-time career penalty minute leader and they don't understand how good of a player he was. But I think he had like five or six hundred career points. Like he had thirty goal seasons and shit, multiple twenty goal seasons. Like Tiger could play, good player. Um, he had like fifty goal season in the Western Hockey League with Swift Current. I mean, you know, in like three hundred minutes. Um, so, but yeah, I I would have Brescia Ojic in front of Tiger. And what last one was uh, Washington. Washington Capital, Dale, come on, Dale Hunter. So you got, so you have Dale Hunter on Washington, but you got Dale Hunter in Colorado too. Come on, man. Oh, surprise! I told you to wait for it. Dale is one of the only two players in the record books right now to lead two. Di- what? He led two different franchises in penalty minutes, both in color. Oh, he's counting Quebec, Colorado slash Quebec with fifteen hundred, and Washington with two thousand. Oh, I didn't know that either. Huh. But yeah, you're kind of cheating with adding the two together. But okay, um, no, <laughs> you know, watch it again. You had Chris Simon and Baruby and Alan May and Randy Holt and on and on. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not putting. I'm not putting Dale Hunter on any top fighter list. But uh, yeah, but I. But I can see if you're going to do it, maybe on Washington, Colorado. Played 19 games, put him on the Colorado list. Come on. Anyway, folks, that's the end of that list. But thankfully, we'll put that to bed. Oh, thank you, sir. That was a, that was a hell of a list. Um, yeah. Well, I hope uh, I hope you guys had a chuckle like I did over that list, man. Maybe I do have to start proofreading this shit. Uh, no, I always actually I always say I, I like when the list of the shits, but um, yeah, that, that that was a little tough that one. Um, anyway, man, look at that. I just, I just clicked out of it. Now I'm back on. I'm looking at my recording time. An hour and a half already? Jesus, I had I had a guest no show, and I still put in an hour and twenty minutes for you folks. Oh, the things I do for you people. <laughs> How about I shut up though? I've talked for too long; my throat's actually starting to hurt. 
But uh, anyway, guys, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I'm really sorry I didn't have an interview for you, but I promised to have it. Well, maybe, okay, I should take that back. Maybe I shouldn't promise anything, but I'm pretty sure Andrew is going to show up tomorrow. Hopefully, um, I, I really want to get something recorded with him, but uh, hopefully I will have an interview for you on Sunday's episode. But I'm here twice a week, Wednesdays and Sundays. Please tune in. Um, like I said, this is episode 203. If you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. I know there's a million shows to listen to. The fact that you chose this one, I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, the 202 other episodes to go back. Please check out the back catalog. I've interviewed Morasti, McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, uh, Josh Mazer, Chris Graff, on and on. Definitely give them a listen. I think you'll, you'll find somebody that'll entertain you for sure. As well as had numerous fight fans on as well. And we have a fun time talking about a variety of subjects. So, And then, of course, my rant episodes like this was where I just ramble on. And I try, try, I won't tell any more Subway or McDonald's stories. I'll try to, I'll try to wear, uh, you know, I'll try to wear proper pants out in public in the future. But uh, um, anyway, guys, if you happen to be on social media, why would you do that to yourself? But if you are... Check me out on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, Fourth Line Voice on Facebook. Give me a follow. I'm always up putting up videos or pictures. As I said, I also have a YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Much like Alex's channel, as I say, if you could subscribe, it would be greatly appreciated. And also, whatever platform you happen to be listening to this on, whether it be Spotify or iTunes or what have you, could you rate and review my show? It helps me out in the algorithms. Like I said, it's a little thing for you guys. You're on the platform anyway. Boom, just hit it. Five stars, four, hey, maybe one star, whatever. But if you could rate it, I'd appreciate it. And uh, like I said, it, 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 it does it does a lot for me in terms of uh, in the algorithm and that type of stuff and searches for people when they type in hockey or whatever. My podcast will come up with the more reviews that I get. And then also the last thing, I know I have so much, I have so many requirements and, and, and needs and wants, but um, if you're listening to the, uh, if you're going to continue to listen to the show, which I would greatly appreciate. Uh, could you download it? Uh, if uh, I get paid by the download, and uh, yeah, that would be definitely be helping me out. Uh, when you stream it, that I don't, that doesn't help. But <clears throat> not only from the monetize, the money aspect of it, but uh, it also just it just it helps with you know you can see what's working, what's not working, who's listening, when they're listening, where they're listening to, and all that stuff. So it's, it's just a big, like I said, for the analytics part of it, it really helps. When you stream it, none of that. It, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. So if you could download the episode, that would be tremendous. All right, guys. Uh, I will shut up. But I want to thank everybody who took the time to listen. And uh, all right, guys. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 